Hey guys, this has been, a, it's been just such an absolute honor. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It's been such a great honor to journey with you these last two years. It's funny, this morning, Caleb and I were in the car, and we, 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 we drove by, uh, we had to pick up somebody in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in Claudie, and so we, drew, we, actually, it was like so slippery, I've, it was like icy, it was at A6, at one stage, I was trying to accelerate up the hill out of Dungiven, and the car was just spinning, even with little tiny, I was like, well, this is, this is awful, but it reminded me. <laughs> Of all those journeys in the, in the first couple of months that I took here, I, it was ridiculous. Every time I was up here, I was driving home through snow. It's like, that not, normally doesn't happen, but somehow every time, in, two years ago when I started this journey with the guys, and, and coming home from, from uh, prayer meetings, it was, it was like it was snowing every time. It was, it was snow and ice. And so I thought it was nice to drive through a bit of ice this morning just to... It's like it's, it feel, feels like it's sort of in balance there, isn't it? It's, it's nice. Um, I'm glad you're all, you all made it here through the uh, ice and snow. It wasn't, uh, wasn't easy. God is good. I'm going to read with you in 1 Peter 2. And actually, I want to talk to you uh, very briefly. <laughs> Patty's smiling. Uh, about... Um, about the concept of imminence, right? We're, we're, we're coming up to Christmas here, yeah? And we're, we, we hear this word, Emmanuel, spoken a lot, yeah? Um, with us, God, yeah? Ima, im, Immanuel, Immanuel, or whatever. It's the, the Hebrew, with us, God. God with us, God, God amongst us, right? That whole idea. And what does that mean? Because I, I just want to want to think about this word imminence, right? That says that same im in it. You know, it's just, it also means God with us. You know, so what we know about God, right? God is both transcendent, like He's way above everything else that we we uh, we can experience. He is He is not part of this created order, right? He is way way above this created order. He's the completely other, the holy one, right? The completely other one. Kadesh, he is transcendent, and still he is imminent, right? Uh, imminent means he is he's right beside us. He's like a personal God. He, he wants to be known within his creation. And so his transcendence and his imminence is sometimes contrasted. They're like, they're like a paradox, but with God, this is not a paradox. And I was, just, I was thinking about that. It's, trans, it's, it's a little different from omnipresence you know we also know that god is omnipresent but his imminence means means something something different it's it's like a different kind of presence here in the world with us so whenever god made a people for himself he wanted to be with the people he wanted to dwell with the people but that was only possible in one way and that was through the through the temple worship so god god promised he made a people for himself and then established his presence, his imminence with the people through the worship in the temple, in the tabernacle. Yeah? Does that make sense? It's like, it's like this. We had the creation, the fall. Creation got busted, got broken. And then there was this plan of redemption. 
And the plan of redemption, of, of recovering creation for the glory of God, could not happen without God's presence. Our world needed the presence of God. God needed to be part of this world to be able to make a way for creation to be redeemed and to come back into relationship with God. God's presence was required. Without God's presence, it was, it was never going to work. And so, so God says in, in Leviticus 26, verse 11 to 13, you see, see this, and also in Exodus 24, verse 45, it's this idea of Jesus, God saying, I am going to dwell with my people. I will be their God, they will be my people, and I will be their God. And the, the dwelling with the people was through the temple worship. Yeah, so essentially there was this, this, this temple with a holy, a holy place and a most holy place, and in the most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant, and really that was the presence of God. And, the, and it, it was, people could come to the, to, towards the temple to offer their sacrifices there and then uh, have communion with God in that particular way. And God says, I will dwell with my people. And this whole temple worship was like a foreshadow of the next thing. Because now we're looking at, at, at this whole time of Christmas. And we see that, uh, you know, Isaiah was, was, was um, prophesying already back in the day. Uh, we see Isaiah 7 verse 4. That there was going to be... Uh, the, the virgin was going to be with child, and the child was going to be Emmanuel, my God with us. This was in the context of, of, of a war that was going on, and it was, it, it was like a, it, it had a fulfillment immediately, but it had a fulfillment in the future. And throughout, throughout the scriptures, we see that the, 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 the prophets were beginning to see that there was a new type of presence of God coming. Right? So they had the presence of God in the temple, and now that it was going to go, the presence of God was going to be in a personal way through this Messiah. Right? And this is what Jesus is, right? Jesus came, and then in John, John, verse, uh, John 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. And in Hebrews 1, verse 3, the Son, of, Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Right? So from Sort of the, uh, what did they say? The, like, a, like a concentric presence. So a presence that people had to move into. And now God was going to be present in the world uh, through, the, through Jesus Christ. This, this whole idea, and I don't want to linger too much, but I'm, I'm, this is all, all introduction here. But I, what I want to get you through is that presence is important. It started with the temple. And then with Jesus, with a personal presence of, of God in the world. You know, when it, it's, when it says in, in Hebrews that, God, that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father, right? So we, we got that transcendent world up there where God resides, yeah? Through the temple, some of that was, was possible to be expressed on earth. When Jesus came, the wholeness the, the whole full quality of heaven was expressed on earth through, through Jesus Christ. There was a shift. Jesus was making a shift in the, in the, in the story of redemption. And then 
after Jesus, whenever Jesus dies on the cross and, and redeems the people for himself, it's the church who becomes the presence. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So from, from, from the, the presence of God in the temple, it's the presence of God in person. And then it goes to the church, the, the presence of God in the church. And I want to read this First uh, Peter with you. First Peter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to, to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they de were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have, re have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from si sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. So this is, this is the, the, the little truth bomb, really, is that together, all believers together, we are Jesus in this world. Yeah, let me go, go back to it. Um, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Individually, we all carry, we, we are all, all image bearers of God. And when we, when we allow God to invade our lives and make us whole and redeem us, we become these image bearers of Jesus Christ, of God, of, of, of uh, you know, as it says in, the, um, in Genesis 1, it says we were created in God's likeness, right? So we are all image bearers of God. And when we are, when we become whole, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we are all image bearers. But the, the thing that the Bible is very clear about is that none of us are it perfectly, you know? Jesus, whenever he came to earth, he showed what it was like to be the perfect image bearer of God. He was God in all, all his fullness. But we, all of us, you know, Greg here, John, Dave, uh, Patty, we, we all have a, have, a, have a little bit. What I'm actually, what I want to get at is that what we, we as a church, 
we are not individuals. As an individual, we are not the church. We can only be the church when we are together. The church is everybody. Everybody plays their, place, uh, plays their part. And when we put the whole picture together, then the whole picture becomes the image of Jesus Christ himself. This is what, what Ephesians talks about in Ephesians 3, 2, 3, and 4. It's, it's this idea that whenever, whenever we put the whole picture together, then the church will come to maturity and will grow up into the head that is Christ. This, this whole idea of, of Christ being the head, us being the body, and, and that, that the body is not lots of pinkies or lots of mouths or lots of uh, feet just, but it's everything. And everybody has a place within the kingdom of God. And together, only together, we make up the full picture. I, you know, I, back in the day, I mean, over, over the journey that I, uh, I've walked in the faith, I've often heard people that said, yeah, I believe in God, but I've got my personal faith, and I just express it in a, in a private, personal way. Well, th that's not possible. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. You cannot be the church by yourself. Sure, you can be a believer by yourself. But believers only come into their own whenever they, they are part of the body of Christ as a whole. Um, so when I, the, the truth of this is that when we do that, then we are Jesus in this world. right? So what I was just trying, trying to to get at from the start is that the temple that was the presence of God in this world, Jesus himself at the hinge of history was the presence of God in this world. And now he has given it to us. Think of that as a master plan. You know, get to us to be the presence of God in this world. And Cornerstone, honestly, I have had a great, it's been a great privilege for me to journey with you because I've seen so much of that functioning within this church. I've seen a church over the last two years that, that, is, that is reflecting Jesus into this world. Uh, I've seen so much grace. I've seen so much patience. I've also seen so much um, uh, prophetic insight, I suppose. People have, have, have really been able to, to, to pour themselves into uh, contributing what they, whatever they saw, and then always in a, an honoring and in a respectful kind of way. It's been a great, great uh, privilege to be part of this. And then it says there in, uh, and this is, I think, is such a beautiful, beautiful piece. Whenever it says in uh, uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Cornerstone, you are a people belonging to God. There's a couple of, couple of aspects here. We are royal. What, what kind of royal are we? Well, we are royal as in we are part of that kingdom of God, that transcendent kingdom, you know, that is not normally visible in this world except th through the indwelling of, of the spirit of, of Christ in us. Yeah, so we are royalty that belongs to a, ro to a kingdom that is much greater. We are royal whenever we... Christ is in us. We are a royalty. Do you feel royal? You should feel royal because you are royal. And then we are a priesthood. So in the, in the old temple worship, there you had the, the priests who were, were sort of the mediators between, between God and the world. 
we are mediators between God and the world. We, being part of that kingdom, we're walking down on earth. And, and we're like little bubbles of kingdom walking around. And these little bubbles of kingdom, we interact, we get to interact with the world around us. That is like, that is a priestly service. That's like a priestly task that we have. When we walk as little bubbles of the kingdom on this earth, we, we are priests. And it's not a, a priesthood just, uh, just for the pastors and, the, and, and whatever, preachers and things like that, or ministers. That priesthood belongs to all of us. We are a nation of priests, of royal priests. And that thing is, is incredible. So I, I love the way that, uh, that Peter, Peter puts this. And so by doing that, we are a holy nation. We belong to that kingdom up there. We are down here on earth. We, we shape the kingdom of God here on earth. We are a holy nation. We don't belong to, to political entities within this earth. We don't. I know, I mean, you, you could have thought all sorts of things of the elections of the last couple of, couple of weeks. And, you know, they are important. The way, the way our nations are governed, it's, it's important. But we are not part of that. You vote, I vote. I didn't vote because I don't get to vote. I'm Dutch. <laughs> so, I hope you all uh, fulfilled your, uh, your, 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 your civic duties there. But the thing is, while we are, while we are on this earth and we, we pick up our, our responsibilities for the civic, civic society that we have here, we belong to a greater society. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. And, and we shape the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. And so whatever happens, even politically, uh, it doesn't ultimately change our status. We are royal priests belonging to a kingdom that is up there. Cornerstone, you are royal priests. And honestly, you're doing that really well. <laughs> you really are. Don't, don't sit on, rest on your laurels because of it. But I've, I've been so impressed with, with the way that Cornerstone uh, has been reaching out. Uh, the King's Table was such a gorgeous example of, of that. You know, expressing your royalty and your priesthood uh, in such an incredible way. It was fantastic. It's beautiful. Um, and, then, and then this is it, right? So after that, it says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So he made us this, this royal priesthood so that we could be, to be declaring this journey from darkness to light and from slavery to freedom. That we would declare that to the world around us. Not in sort of a triumphalist way, like look at you. Uh, we are so free and you're so bound. It's more like that we are, that we are shining our lights within this world. Uh, that is the purpose to which we, we are made a royal priesthood, to, so that we could declare the praise of God who take us out of darkness into his glorious light. Um, because, you know, at one point we, uh, we did not have mercy, and now we do have mercy. It's none of our own, none of our own doing. Once we were not a people of God. Now we are a people of God. It's pure grace. And, uh, and then it comes to this. Peter then starts to urge. And this is what I want to do as well. Peter comes to the church and says, in light of all this, in light of your identity and your mission, your task in this world, your identity in this world, I urge you two things. 
says, stay pure. You know, stay pure. And Cornerstone, that's what I want to urge on you. Stay pure. Stay pure. Don't let sin encroach. Whenever sin encroaches, root it out as, as, as much as you can. Keep yourself pure within this world. You know, it says, it says there, as, as, as aliens and strangers in the world, which, which now we are because we belong to a different kingdom, abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. This is not something that you can do once. This is a constant war. These, these sinful desires will always war against your soul. And, and Peter here says to the church, I urge you to fight that and to keep fighting it and to stay pure and to stay within the stay within the zone and then the second one is live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong they may see your good deeds and glorify god on the day that he visits us it's this this thing do good live such good lives and that they may see your good deeds we are we are asked to add kingdom value to this world. We have an opportunity as the kingdom of God, as image bearers of Jesus, as representatives of Jesus right here on earth, to add kingdom value to the people around us. I've, I've, been, I've been working through Romans 12 a lot. But Romans 12, if you, if you want to turn to, with me to it very quickly, is, it's, it says a few things there that I think really help us think about this. Because it says, um, it says, therefore I urge you, brothers, in, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. Okay, hold that one. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not confirm any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's all about what, what is God's will? For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And then here it comes. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who have many, many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Paul here says, together we, we complete the picture, right? But together we are the body of Christ. Together we get to act into this world and be Christ to the world. And then there's these seven gifts that, that he mentions. You know, some have, some have been given, everybody's been given a sort of a combination of these seven gifts. Anyway, these are the ways in which God wants us to add value into the world. And we don't, we don't do that individually. We do that collectively. You know, it's not just the one, it's, it's all of them need to be put together. And this means we can be Jesus by prophesying, by speaking into people's lives around us. We can be Jesus by serving and helping individuals. We can be Jesus by teaching the world about Jesus. We can be Jesus by giving something. We can be Jesus by coming alongside and encouraging people. We can be Jesus by taking our, our responsibility to lead whenever that is required of us. And we 
can be Jesus by showing mercy and, and showing God's heart to people. When, it's, when, Paul, when Peter says, you know, let, let the world see your good deeds, what he, what he wants of us is to show that bit of, of, that Christ has put inside us. You know, these, these verses, like in, in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4, they, they talk about putting it together, putting it all together, and then each and every one of us contributing that which God has put inside us and contributing that to the world. We are... We do not belong to this kingdom. We are bubbles of another kingdom. And as members of that other kingdom, we get to contribute something to the world that will make the, 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 the cause of Christ attractive. I'll finish. Imminence. Imminence means, meant initially meant the temple. Christ, oh, God in the temple. Imminence was the coming of Jesus Christ that we celebrate this Christmas. And he walked on earth as a, as a little baby. Incredible. You know, whenever, uh, sorry, just when you think of the story of Mary, and Mary begins, you know, they, I'll just, so this is a little random, but no, a little extra, I hadn't written this out. But when, when, when Mary gets met with by the angel Gabriel, Gabriel says, hey, um, would you mind carrying God, you know, you, 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 I'm, I, you're actually going to be pregnant of the Holy Spirit and you're going to bring forth the Savior of the world. How would you feel about that? It's, Mary fully gets it. Mary fully gets it. What? The presence of God is going to come in through my body? That's incredible. It's that, that there's this imminence, this, this, the kingdom of God, God himself is going to be brought into the world through her body. It's incredible. And she gets it. So if you, if you, again, if you get the chance this, this Christmas, read what, what uh, Mary says whenever, whenever Gabriel gives her these, um, uh, the, these words and meets her. Because she responds in such an incredible way where she clearly understands the depth of what is now being asked of her. She understands that she's asked to be, to be the carrier of the hinge of history. Yeah? It's going to come from her womb. Um, so <laughs> I had to laugh because whenever I realized that, it's like you get that popular Christmas song, like, Mary, did you know? When you read her response, I think she did. I think she did. She knew the word of God very well because she, she quotes lots of scripture whenever she responds. She knew what was happening. She captured in her spirit the depth of what was being asked of her at that moment in time, that she was going to bring the savior of the world in, in, into the world. And that is imminence. And now it's imminence when Christ comes alive in us. We, the church, are the imminence of, of God in, in this world. It's a huge responsibility. And the church over the ages has got it wrong so many times. And individuals in the, uh, who claim to be Christians get it wrong all the time. That doesn't take away... The, the fact that this is God's master plan for this time. There will be a time when Jesus is coming back and everything will come to its fulfillment. And we're looking forward to that fourth level of in, imminence. And uh, in, the, in the meantime, we say Maranatha. Jesus, come quickly. Uh, 
Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence right now, Lord. Lord, I, I don't know if I can do justice, Lord, to the great mystery that it is, Lord, that you want to be present in this world through us. Lord, as we, as we celebrate Christmas this year, when we remember the coming of Christ into this world, Lord, I pray, Father, that you will reawaken in each and every one of us, Lord, that realization that now Christ is in us. Christ, the hope of glory, is in us. And Lord, you want to minister to this world and reach this world through us, Lord. And Cornerstone, I pray for you that as a new season, um, as a new season comes, God's favor may rest on you. His great plans. And humbly submit to those plans because they are, they are good plans. If there's anybody here right now who, who is, it's maybe the first time you hear anything like this and you're like, okay, I, I, I want to be part of this. I want this, this Jesus in my life too. I want this Jesus in my life too. I want to serve him and I, I don't yet. Just while everybody's closing, keeping their eyes closed and heads bowed, would you pop up your hand if that's you? If you say, I want to belong to this Jesus. Lord, in this, in this moment, Lord, when we, we consider your, your imminence, Lord, your presence, Lord, let your presence go with us, Father. Lord, this Christmas time, Father, will you, be, will you make yourself so palpable, palpably real to us, Lord, that we may we never, never doubt what you want to do through us in this world. In Jesus' name.